You are listening to Zeal Fear House. I am your host, David Murray, and I'm joined with Dorothy Carruthers. Her focus here is on our relationship with our Heavenly Dad and all aspects of His kingdom, moving in greater intimacy with Him. Additional teachings, books, and articles may be found on my website at www.dwmurray.com. That's dwmurry.com. Again, thanks for joining us, and let's get rolling with this week's broadcast. Well, good evening, brothers and sisters. Uh, God bless you in the name of the Lord. Uh, this is David Murray, the for your house. I'm joined with Dorothy Crothers, um, who hosts uh, this, the portal here at Blog Talk Radio. And Dorothy, it's been a couple months that we had off, and uh, how are you doing? I am doing okay. All right. Uh, All right. I'm, I'm... Sorry, Dorothy, I cut you off. Are you there? Dorothy, can you hear me? I can hear you now. I couldn't hear oh, you before. Okay. Oh, all right. Well, that's why we do sound checks. <laughs> uh, are you okay? Everything all right, Dorothy? I was asked if you're all right. <laughs> yes, I am. I am doing okay. Um, I think I've been low on magnesium, so I've been putting sea salt in my water. <laughs> all righty. Well, I'll keep praying for you like I always do. And uh, we're we're going to be, I know you and I are talking about this, Dorothy, but uh, guys, I, as you know, I've taken off a couple of months. Um, the Lord just called me into getting to some quiet time with him, uninterrupted time to allow him and give him the opportunity to speak to me on um, where the body of Christ is headed, what, what things we need nourishment on, what things we need to address, and, and what's on his heart. And so for those of you that, that have joined in before, you know this, that you know, we all have a place in the body of Christ. We all have a call. We all have a ministry um, that we're meant to participate. We're, none of us are called to be spectators in the body of Christ. And um, so my place, uh, one of the ways that I'm called to serve in this time, in this generation, as, as an elder, as someone who has grown up, as we all should, and we're all in the process of maturing, uh, is to help point the way back to the throne room. And so what I, when I went before the Lord and I asked him, Lord, what is on your heart? What, what would you like to address? What is it that you wish to impart? And it, it, this series is going to be called the Deeper Communion Series, and it addresses some of those issues that's on Father's heart in this hour. As all things that I share, um, when the Lord shares something, it is filled with a challenge. It is filled with an exhortation. It's a, it's a call to change. It's a call to come into alignment. Um, one definition of that is repentance. Uh, repentance says uh, we haven't really taught on what that word is a lot of times, and so it causes confusion or fear. The word repent means to change direction. And so the Lord is calling the body of Christ to begin making some course directions to understand his heart so that we can flow in it. And we're going to be starting with that with, with part one tonight. Uh, one of the things that we've entered into, guys, is a season to heal and to know him. So what does that mean? Guys, the first and foremost, what we need to understand is that if we cannot clearly understand what the Holy Spirit is trying to accomplish through the church, uh, it's going to be very difficult for us to cooperate with him. If we don't perceive what he's doing, if we don't understand uh, where he desires to move in us and through us, the seasons get mingled. The seasons have um, a lack of clarity. And what this really comes down to is prophetic insight. The word prophecy has been abused. There's a prophetic office, the prophetic call. What the body of Christ has done is that for so many of us, we have been abused and hurt and wounded that we have allowed Satan to rob us of our calling, of our gifts, of our functions, of the areas in which Holy Spirit desires to move through the church. And 
it's time to claim some of those things back. It's actually time to claim all of them back, but there, it's a process. Uh, when I say some, I mean we do things precept upon precept. We're supposed to build upon the maturity of Christ. Prophecy can be most easily and simply defined as this, guys. Father's heart, mind, and intention revealed. That's the simplest definition of prophecy. If we start to lose our way, it is bringing forth what is on Father's heart, his mind, and his intention. That's it. It's very simple. We are all meant, the scriptures say, to prophesy because we are all meant to move into maturity and we are all given the privilege to walk in intimacy. And prophecy is meant to be an outflow of intimacy. Understanding his heart, his mind, his intention, and revealing that, walking in it, is a byproduct of intimacy. And tonight, that's what we're going to be talking about. What is intimacy? How do we develop it? And then giving some application. So let's start with that. First and foremost, let's get a definition. Webster's definition, which is which really very, very closely parallels the Greek and the Hebrew, it's an excellent uh, translation and definition. Intimacy can be defined, Webster defines it as a close familiarity or friendship. It means closeness. So if we talk about intimacy with the Lord, we're talking about a close familiarity, a close friendship, a oneness with the Lord. That is intimacy. Now, to understand intimacy, guys, we need to understand, we need to look at how Jesus walked with the Father. And one of the things that, that Father God is calling his sons and daughters to in this hour is to get to know him, to begin to peel back the counterfeits that have motivated our walk, the counterfeits that have motivated our day-to-day interactions and begin to return to intimacy with him and what that truly means. And if we want to see what intimacy looks like, we go to the Gospels. As I've often said this, Jesus didn't need to stay three years on the earth. He could have come right down age 30 instead of starting his three-plus-year ministry, could have just gotten crucified. purpose of him spending three-plus years on the earth was to give us a physical, an earthly, carnal, where carnal means earthly, of this realm, give us an earthly picture of who our spiritual father is. The scriptures say that Jesus is the exact representation of the father. And for many of us, we've forgotten that or we've never really accepted that. And uh, let's look at some scriptures. John 10.27 says, this is Jesus speaking. My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Matthew 4, 4, Jesus answered, and this is him responding to Satan, who dared to quote scripture to him. Jesus answered, it is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Guys, the bread represents the word of God passage, and every word is talking about the spoken word of God. We're designed to hear the Lord speak to us, hear him speak to our hearts. His words to us are our lifeline. Our time with him, hearing his word, hearing his voice, feeling his touch is our lifeline. We do not live on bread alone. And his touch, his feel, his words to us will always confirm who he says he is in Scripture. He will never contradict himself, and he will never contradict the nature that was shown him to be through the earth ministry of Jesus Christ. We ever begin to get confused, or for many of us, if we don't really know our Heavenly Father or Jesus, what is he really like? We need to get into the Gospels, devour the Gospels. And to get into understanding them, understand the God, understand what Jesus talked about when, when we look at the prodigal son, when we look at the woman caught in adultery, when we look at the good Samaritan. Remember Samaritan, the Samaritan were heathens. The parable of the good heathen, the Levite 
and the Jews in that parable were rejected. They turned away from the love of God. It was the heathen that showed the love of God more than God's own children. We talk about the woman at the well. When we look at all the interaction of Jesus, what we see is a God who came down to reveal his loving nature. He was going to atone for the sin that we were steeped in. Remember, Colossians 1.21 says, while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We were enemies in our mind. As we were enemies to God, while we were enemies, he died for us. And one of the things we have to get out of our head is the false teaching that this God that we serve and love is schizophrenic. God is not schizophrenic, guys. He didn't love us so much while we were steeped in sin. Remember, guys, sin is anything that contradicts his nature. Sin cannot exist in his presence because of his very nature. His holiness burns up anything contrary to his nature. The atmosphere around Jesus literally melts the elements. He's in unapproachable light. So when we talk about him loving us in our sin, stop and think about that. Father God loved us while we were immersed and covered and flowing in the very thing that he cannot even accept into his presence. But then we think, okay, you know, God loved us so much. But now that we're Christians, now that we've been washed in the blood, now that we've been gifted the righteousness of Christ, now that we've been made holy and blameless by the accomplished work of the cross, now suddenly God is wrathful and angry. Let me go back and forth, back and forth. We talked to, for those of us that even shared the gospel in this hour to the lost, we talk about how God loves us, but then when we're Christian, we just talk about his wrath. Um, because we've lost our way, guys. And our, our Lord is not schizophrenic. Scriptures say that the wrath of sin was poured out and satisfied on the cross. God judges sin. He does not judge people. The judgment of sin was satisfied on the cross. So what does that mean? We go on sinning. You guys have heard me say this before. That's a foolish argument. I'm not interested in discussing anyone with anyone how much they want to sin. Galatians 6, 8 says if you sow to the demonic realm, you're going to reap it. And whoever reaps the wind, uh, sows the wind, will reap the whirlwind. So it's not my place to try to convince someone to walk um, with the Lord. It's nobody's place. It's nobody's place to judge. It's our job to either accept or reject the gift of intimacy that he offered us through reconciling us to himself through the blood of Jesus Christ. What we've been given is the, the honor and the blessing and the privilege to be reconciled back to him. It's our choice what we want to do with it. He loves us no matter what. Whether our belief system aligns up with his word or whether we're going to choose to live our life and mold him around our own, our own ideas, he loves us unconditionally. Scriptures make that very clear. So anyway, let's get back to what is intimacy. Jesus talks about my sheep, listen to my voice, I know them and they follow them. Jesus answered, man should not live on bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. And my, one of my favorite, John 5, 19, Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly, I tell you, the son can do nothing by himself. He can do only what he sees his father doing, because whatever the father does, the son also does. Think about that, guys. Every act that Jesus did on the earth was because he saw Father doing it in heaven. Every single person he healed was because he saw Father's heart and love and desire for them to be healed. Every word encouraging them to be reconciled to God. Every act that demonstrated the depth of God's love. Every word that Jesus spoke, I tell you, forgive, not seven times, but 70 times seven. That came from Father God's heart. And guys, this is the way we're meant to walk. Normal Christianity should be viewed 
that we walk on the earth the way Jesus walks with his heavenly father. Jesus was the prototype. He gave us the example of what is offered to us through the cross. Guys, one thing we need to, to realize is we live in the only covenant. There were seven major covenants from the time of Adam up until the day of Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came to live inside those who accepted Jesus. Seven major covenants, the Adamic, the Noahic, the Abrahamic, you had the Davidic, you had the Mosaic, you had the Israeli, you have the new covenant. And I probably left one out there. The new covenant is the only covenant where our birthright, our spiritual gift that is, that is our birthright as, as children of God is that the Holy Spirit will dwell inside of us. The kingdom is inside you. That's our birthright. That is the new covenant. I will put my law in their hearts. I will put my spirit in their minds. I will give them a new heart and a new mind. We can't quote the prophets without quoting the redemption that took place through Christ. As we need to decide if we're going to accept to live in the new covenant or go back under a different covenant. The favorite is, is the Mosaic. But the reality is that there were six other major covenants that the saints of God lived in during the different times in history, they were all pointing toward the new covenant. The new covenant is we're reconciled. We've been made holy. We've been gifted the gift of righteousness. Colossians 1.21 says, For he who knew no sin became sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. Two Corinthians 5.17, i just reverse those two, uh, states, once we were enemies in our mind and alienated from him because of our wicked behavior. But now he has reconciled us to Christ's physical body through death to present us holy in his sight without blemish and free from accusation. Ephesians 1.6 says we have been made accepted in the beloved. Right, so these are things that meditate on that our invitation for us to get to spend time with him. So we were talking about what is intimacy? What is our birthright, right? How do we develop intimacy? How do we develop it? We develop it two ways, guys. We develop it through daily communion and through healing. When I talk about healing, I'm talking about the healing of our souls. Right. We cannot have intimacy, uh, we cannot really develop intimacy without getting healing. And we can't get healing unless we first begin to spend time with him and develop intimacy. They go hand in hand. What daily communion does, does guys, is that it opens up the awareness of our heavenly citizenship. If we look at Philippians 3.20, uh, Ephesians 2.6, they talk about the fact that we are present tense, present tense seated in heavenly places of Christ Jesus. He has raised us up with him. Remember, guys, we're spiritual beings. We're the Holy Spirit. The kingdom of God now lives in our spirit man. It is our soul, our mind, will, and emotions that we possess that decide, am I going to choose to live this way? Am I going to accept my spiritual birthright? Am I going to accept my citizenship? Am I going to accept the love of God that he loves me unconditionally? Am I going to accept that salvation is a byproduct of righteousness? Or am I going to reject these truths? Am I going to say, oh, well, I accept his salvation, but I reject the reason why I have salvation? Because the only reason why we could say we have salvation and we know we do is because we've been declared righteous. So again, we can't go back and forth. We have to decide how we're going to live. This is a good thing. This is an opportunity. He's extending Father God is moving throughout the earth in this generation to begin to raise up the body of Christ to take her place. Well, let me ask a question, guys. When we talk about living in the kingdom, living out, we should be living out of the kingdom. Scriptures say, in him we live and move and have our being. Some of you may wonder, David, what does living in the kingdom even mean? Is it works, manifestations of the spirit, moving in the gifts of the spirit, living a holy life, 
Is it winning souls to Christ? Is living in the kingdom mean our, we, we, we focus on not sinning? Guys, the answer is no to all of those. These are all fruits of the kingdom. They are fruits of intimacy. None of those things are our focus. We are called to know him. This means spending time with him. I'm going to read something. Philippians. This is Paul speaking. Philippians 3, 7. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed I count all things lost for the excellence of knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law or works, guys, but a righteousness that is in faith in Christ, a righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, the fellowship of his suffering, being conformed to his death. There's a lot going on there, guys. But Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, is saying he wants to know, gain Christ, and be found in him. This doesn't mean Paul doesn't have salvation. Right? Paul is speaking about righteousness. He says he has a righteousness that it comes from faith or personal trust in what Jesus gifted him. Right? Paul understand that, understood that. Paul says in Hebrews 5.12 that those that are immature are those that don't understand righteousness. They're still babes. We do not understand. We have been positionally given forever, eternally, the seal of righteousness we are spiritual babes because everything we do will be filtered through the lens of our belief system, guys. And this is why the church is struggling so much because we don't understand um, the gift of intimacy he's given us. We're focused outwardly on fear, on uncertainty. We're trying to earn his love. We're trying to earn righteousness and we're just afraid. And we don't need to be, guys. We, we don't need to be afraid. I'm here to tell you the season we're in, and I said this a couple of years ago when, when the current administration, presidential administration is office right now, we've been given a season of time to heal. And we are full swing in the season where God is calling us to intimacy and to heal. It is the season we are in. We are not having World War III in six months. We weren't having it two years ago. Obama was not the Antichrist and the last president. The Pope was not the Antichrist or the beast. Guys, we need to discern the seasons of God. Let me step back for one little bit. We'll talk about this more, so I don't want to dovetail into this too much tonight. One of the things that we have lost in this generation in the country that we're in, in America now I'm talking to, those of you abroad uh, that, that listen in, I'm talking most of the church in the United States, which has polluted much of the thinking of the world. For many of us, we came out of, in the last 30 years, the institutional religious system, meaning the body of Christ began to reject her authority and her identity. And she began picking up authority and identity in a fallen belief system. We began to operate the church as if it was a business. Abuses began to take place. We began to lose our identity. Right? Our, our identity is that we are holy and righteous. About 30 years ago and going on ever since, there's been a mass exodus of people out of that institutional system in an attempt to find relationship and intimacy with God. We have forfeited that along the way. And then we have turned to fearful teachings and dead works. And we're trying to earn God's love and hopefully somehow escape this wrath that we're talking about is coming. Because he will come back one day and he will judge sin. That day is coming. That is not to be our focus above intimacy. As when we spend time with him, we ask him what's on his heart, he's not going to talk about the end of the world. He's not going to talk to you about World War III. He's interested in you. 
He's interested in what makes you tick. He's interested on the pains and the hurts and the wounds that you've been carrying around the inside of you. For many of you, you've accepted Christ out in that wilderness, out in the past 30 years. Many of, uh, of us um, haven't been walking with the Lord 30 years. And so all we've known is, is accepting Christ through a friend, through a message, and we've had no fellowship. We have no corporate um, prayer. We have no intimacy and the gifts. Ha- we haven't experienced the tremendous joy and blessing and love that's found when the body of Christ fellowships and gathers to Jesus. Right? We forfeited that. And so for many of us, we don't even understand there is a church government. Guys, please understand that in heaven right now, the kingdom is not anarchy. There are elders. There's a war room. There's a throne room. There's legal courts. There's a lot of activity, and it's all done in perfect order. And the body of Christ is meant to reflect that. You know, again, in, in teaching and part of the series, we're going to talk about true discipleship, true elders, um, what that truly looks like, and what, what the body of Christ is truly meant to function as. And for many of us, it, it, it breaks Father's heart. We've never known that. And we've kind of bought into this fearful teaching that, that our identity now is in us considering ourselves this underground remnant. There is no underground because Christianity is, uh, is, is legal here. So there is no underground born-again Christian here. In, in other parts of the world where they're dying right now for their faith and have been for 50 years, um, yeah, they could call it the underground church. Not here in the United States. Sorry, guys. That's not your identity. Our identity is not in being called the remnant. Our identity is that we are the redeemed sons and daughters of the living God. We have been made holy and blameless in his sight. And Father God is calling the church to begin to pick up our true identity. It doesn't matter where we worship. If we worship, whether it's in a building, whether it's in someone's living room, um, whether it's on a street corner with people, or whether it's somewhere in tombs because they're being persecuted for being a Christian, not here in America. It's not about where we gather. It's what we're gathering to. And so to go back to intimacy, guys, I know I'm really hammering this home. He wants you to spend time with him because he loves you. He died to have intimacy with his creation. He sent his son while we hated him. And he's not angry with us now after the fact. Wrath we poured out and will judge Satan and the demonic, dumber third angels, and anyone who has not allowed Jesus to take the sin that's on them, when sin is judged, they will fall under the refiner's fire that burns everything up. It is not his intention or desire for us, for the lost. He wants you to get to know him. He wants you to understand the God that is perfectly represented through the Gospels and in the Gospels. Everything Every scripture must be understood that it's progressive revelation. The Old Testament is, is interpreted in light of the Gospels. The epistles are filtered through the earth ministry and the nature of Jesus Christ, which is the perfect nature and example of Father God in heaven. So let's look at a couple of scriptures, guys. Romans 8.32, he who did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also, along with him, freely give us all things? Revelation 3.20, here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. See, what's going on, guys, is an invitation. This is the season we're in. He wants us to begin to develop intimacy the way we do it is by spending time with him. Meditate on the scriptures. Confess them out loud. The scriptures that say we are his holiness. We have been redeemed. We are without spot or blemish. The more that we accept how he sees us, the more it will transform our outward actions. But for many of us, we, have, we haven't been taught. We haven't been discipled. How many of us can really say that we're getting solid ground teaching where the focus of the message or the preaching 
of the teaching is on developing our intimacy with the Lord, developing our ability to hear him, developing on how to hear and recognize the voice of the Holy Spirit. How much of us are really being fed into maturity? Where is the teaching to know Christ better? Where is our desire for discipleship? Guys, this is all about communion. It's all about developing intimacy. If we look at Ephesians 4.11, guys, and we'll drive this home. 4.11 to 13. So Christ himself gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. We know that verse. Why did he give this to us? Let's keep reading. To equip his people for works of service, right, to serve. The five-fold ministries, as they're commonly referred to, are meant to serve. So that, verse 12, the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Verse 13, then, that's a big then, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. Guys, the... The different calls and gifts in the body of Christ are meant to serve. Those giftings are meant to be cultivated. We are meant to understand our identity. It does not come from our giftings and callings. It comes from the gift of righteousness that was given to us when we accepted Jesus. And we're meant to be discipled and to be built up until we reach the full measure of Jesus Christ. As this generation has rejected that. We have rejected the purpose of fellowship. We've rejected teaching and discipleship. Now we'll get to that now. We'll talk more about that on some more prophetic hindsight. Next, in the next couple of weeks, we're going to be looking at where we came from so that we can understand where we're headed. Um, there's a reason why we got to where, where we are right now. And one of the reasons why that is is because we lost sight of what the church was privileged to have. We began to reject teaching, and we replaced it with preaching. And we need a balanced diet. If we've heard the word repent, right, if we hear, listen to someone say repent, and we're not given clear direction on what we repent of, that's an immature word. And if someone says, well, repent of, of, of your sinning, that's an immature word, guys. Because the scriptures don't focus on our action. The scriptures, the new covenant focuses on the heart. Jesus rebuked the Pharisees that were outwardly perfect. He says, you're full of dead men's bones. You're like a whitewashed tomb. He said, you should have focused on the former insides without rejecting the outward works. Works are meant to be a byproduct of our intimacy. We cannot develop intimacy by trying not to smoke or drink or curse or swear or get angry with people. And we do all these dead works. It's legalism, guys. The body of Christ is sadly filled with the spirit of Pharisees. What we once called the Pharisees out of the institutional church now, we've created our own wounds and hurts, and we're trying to define our own righteousness through saying how unworthy we are and begging God for mercy. Guys, we're not walking in who we are as sons and daughters of God. Scriptures say, let us come boldly before the throne of grace because we have been gifted righteousness. We're being given in this season time. It's a wonderful time, guys. It is not a fearful time. It's a wonderful time to actually get to know him, to understand what it means to be holy and blameless in his eyes, and for that to begin to transform our thinking. We're meant to walk in the full measure of Jesus Christ so that we're no longer tossed back and forth. The reason why we're so afraid and tossed back and forth is because we don't know our identity. We're being blown by every teaching, every wind that we hear. You know, we look at all the, the social media and all the different platforms. No one's teachable anymore. Very few people want to be corrected. No one will say they're a prophet, but everyone wants to prophesy. 
And what we're prophesying is not the heart of the Father. Fear. Now, he will, in his love, refine. He will, in his love, discipline. And discipline starts with the body of Christ. And one of the ways where he is lovingly calling us back and has been lovingly applying pressure on our lives is to get us to return to his heart in the form of intimacy. He is calling out to the church, stop living in lies. Stop agreeing with what Satan says you are. Stop choosing to find your identity in fearful outward acts of of shallow repentance and begin to pick up the cross in your heart. That means intimacy. It means to get to know him. As long as the last time we actually confessed, not that we love the Lord, because so much as we say that in fear, fear and unworthiness, Lord, I just love you. I'm so worthy. I love you. I love you. It's really, it's not that pleasing to the Lord. Why, you would say? Because Jesus gave Peter the vision where the garment, the white blanket came down from heaven with all of the mosaic unclean animals. And he says, arise and eat. And Peter says, no, I've never eaten something unclean. And Jesus rebuked him in that vision and says, do not call anything unclean I have made clean. Guys, the church just isn't getting it. We've been made clean. We are washed. It does not please him for us to go to him in fear, in torment, in unworthiness, and just repeat back to him that we're going to choose to believe we are unworthy rags. Because the scriptures say, the prophets and Isaiah, I will give them robes of righteousness and garments of salvation. And what we keep doing is trying to throw, excuse me for being blunt, but dung, crap, over our robes of righteousness, thinking this is somehow pleasing our Father. He didn't die for us to confess how slotting we are. He died so that we can walk with him in the cool of the day and enjoy intimacy. Guys, this is a good message. There's no condemnation in it. There's no shame. He is calling the body of Christ to begin to grow in intimacy, to mature, and then to begin to pick up with the other things that are on his heart. We don't have to be afraid until his return. We're not meant to be. Scriptures say perfect love casts out all fear. There's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. We've been declared holy and righteous. So here's the process, guys. We talked about two things. We need to develop communion, and then we need to heal. What we do is we spend time with him. And what I would encourage you is begin to confess out loud the realities of the scriptures he say we are in the new covenant with the Holy Spirit living in us. On my website, Zeal for Your House, I have a section, uh, topical, topical uh, scriptures, topical studies. They talk about the power of the Holy Spirit in us, uh, the scriptures, our identity in Christ, that we have died past tense to the old man. It's not by no means exhaustive. But it's a start for those of you that are really not sure where to start with. Um, there's a book I wrote called The Mind of Christ. It's a pre- free PDF on the website. I implore you, I encourage you, read that. It points to the scriptures about who we are, what is the new covenant, and how we live in it, how we experience his heart, his love. We begin to experience the, the, the spiritual reality being immersed in his love. So what will happen, guys, and we'll round this out, we'll close this out in a minute here, what will happen is as we spend time with him, what's going to happen as we begin to confess these scriptures, as the spirit inside of us starts getting stirred in our spirit, man, our soul, which is where all the lies and the wounds infect us, will begin to scream. Our souls will begin to say, that's a lie, that's a lie. And our woundedness, our soul, will fight for the throne. It will not want our spirit man to be on the throne. It will not want the truth of God's word to be on the throne. Sin nature flows through the soul, and that's why the soul must be transformed by the renewing of our minds, Romans 12, 2. We are transformed. We develop intimacy. We are changed into the very image of Jesus. We think what he thinks. We feel what he feels. 
we walk in his nature. That's holiness, guys, to be in the same nature of God. That's what the definition of holiness is. Guys, if we try to outwardly stop sinning, we are no more holy than the impulse that still is inside of us to do those very things. Because holiness means to be one in nature with God. Nature is the transformation power that only the Holy Spirit can do. Self-control does not make us holy. It makes us self-controlling. It makes us exercise the strength of our soul. But there is a strength that flows from the Spirit of God as our, as our thinking is changed, as he touches our inner man, as he touches our belief system and begins to touch our wounds and say, David, give this lie to me. Give this unworthiness that you've been taught and made to believe about yourself. Give that to me. Repent of it. God's Father is calling us to repent. It's to repent of lies and to begin to pick up our identity as sons of the living God. That is what we're called to in this season. This is not the hour for us to get distracted with what's going on in the world. We are meant to see the events of the world unfolding through intimacy with Christ where he speaks to us. That's your destiny, guys. You ever stop and wonder, what are we going to do with he- in heaven when all this drama and all these teachings are over with? What are we going to do? We're bored of our, out of our minds, many people would think, because we have no purpose. We've lost our sense of what was given to us at the cross. We, for many of us, we never really even were taught and understood what this is all about. That's certainly not the commission. I don't hear anywhere on any of the broadcasts about the commission. It's few and far between that actually talk about what's on God's heart in terms of fulfilling the great commission. Jesus died for us. We accepted it. Go and do likewise. What's this, what is this walk all about? Guys, he wants intimacy. He wants you to know how much he loves you. Then you will, not out of fear, but out of the joy and the love through that, express that back to him. We love him because he first loved us. Any of us really believe that and can say that. I love God because how much he loves me. Most of it's, I love God. Please don't judge me. Please give me mercy, Lord. Please let me get to, to Moab. Please let me find my escape. When Jesus says, whoever tries to save his life is going to lose it. Guys, why have we rejected the most basic of Jesus' warnings? Because we haven't been taught. We haven't been discipled. We're not feeding ourselves on the milk of the word. We would rather spend two hours of our week or our night or our time trying to untwist the mysteries of Revelation and Mystery Babylon and, and go under the Mosaic law than we would rejoice in reading the teachings of Jesus, the nature of God and how he let a woman wipe his feet with her tears. Now he spoke so tenderly and protected and guarded that woman. So he's calling us to intimacy, guys. When this happens, when we begin to meditate on the word, spend time with him, share with him the fears that are on our heart, share with him, give him permission to ask what's on his heart. What will begin to come up is the pain and the fear and the anger and the unforgiveness. And when that happens, we need to be quick to repent. We need to be quick to say, Lord, I confess this is a lie. Your word says I am loving and pleased. I want your touch. I want to be transformed by the power of your love. Romans 2 says, do you despise the forbearance of his mercy, not knowing it is the goodness of God that leads man to repentance? He loves you guys this season. He is calling the church to mature. The reality is not everyone will accept that call, but it goes out to everyone in this hour. And it's been year after year after year where we hear the same things where words are given, but the seasons are off, the timing is off. And we want to continue to judge the church, judge one another, judge people, 
judge the lost because we don't want to look at our own hurts and fears. That needs to end, guys. He's calling us to begin to know him and to heal. So the application is give God permission, guys. Ask the Lord to show you what areas of your soul where you're still carrying these angers and hurts, disappointments, and other unresolved issues. But, and by unresolved, guys, I mean where we have not placed Christ in the center of that issue. Well, how do I know Christ is in the center of that issue? Because Christ is the fullness of the kingdom. Wherever Christ is, there is perfect peace and joy. There is love. There's forgiveness. You will see 1 Corinthians 13 in living action in our hearts. You will see the gifts and the fruits of the Spirit emanating out of the garden of our heart, which is where Jesus lives. He's trying to unlock this in the body of Christ. He is trying to unlock what is in our spirit, man, to flow out into our souls. Guys, if we don't, he'll, he'll never leave us or forsake us. He, the scriptures say nothing can separate us from the love of God. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. He will love you. We'll just have miserable lives, and we'll just continue to have tormented, we'll wake up tormented, distract ourselves during the day, go to bed tormented, repeat, until we die and go to heaven, or until, for those of us that believe, he comes. And he is coming. I have the timing of when. We need to give him these, these, these emotions, these pains. We need to begin to think the thoughts that he has toward us. That's the definition of repentance. It means to change direction. Guys, what this will start to do is give us a new mindset. Knowing Jesus involves seeing things the way he sees them. This is beyond quoting scripture. This is about intimacy, guys. We have to begin to know the author of the one of the scriptures we're quoting. It's time to know the author instead of forming scriptures that protect and insulate us from our anger and our hurts. We can make any scripture fit any doctrine. Everything should be pointing to Christ. Everything. If things are not pointing and giving us direction in how to develop intimacy with Christ, how to mature into his image, guys, please remember, we're going to close with this. Being transformed into his image is not about our outward conduct. Jesus did not wake up in the morning saying, how am I going to act like Father God? Sounds ridiculous, right? Jesus did not concern himself. How am I going to show God's love today? How am I going to show and act holy? In the same way, as we develop our minds, as we repent of the lies of unworthiness. Now, when I say unworthiness, guys, please hear me. There's a balance in everything. We didn't deserve the gift of righteousness, okay? We were unworthy of it. It was freely given to us, period, end of story. We just need to deal with it. We didn't earn it, but it is now ours. For us to continue to speak as if we haven't received it is borderline blasphemy of the cross. It is to reject what he says he gave us. Pretty stern, right, when we look at it like that. That's the reality of it. Wherever we disagree with what he has declared us to be, we are in rebellion to his word. Now we have a whole new set of things to think about. Now it's not about what we outwardly do in our self-control, in our legalism. Now it's about repenting of our thinking, that we embrace our citizenship, we embrace our identity, we get to know him. Guys, we should be able to get quiet with the Lord, and when we're in our quiet time with him, literally feel as if all around us is the atmosphere of love. You ever wonder what shake when the, when the apostles prayed, and it says that the, the foundations of the buildings were shaken? They were releasing the kingdom from within them. When Stephen prayed and he gave testimony just before he was murdered, before the Pharisees, and it says his face looked like an angel. These unbelievers, the heathen, the heathen were able to see the glory of God shine so brightly it pierced through 
the veil between the spirit and the natural realm. Stephen wasn't an apostle. He was just an ordinary guy that waited on tape. He just served. Stephen was just like you and I. Guys, we are given the opportunity to walk around feeling his love. Now, I know a lot of people don't like it, this, these, these terms, these catchphrases, soaking in his presence and um, liquid love, or right? all these catchphrases. Guys, I'm not interested in the counterfeit, and neither should you be. We should be interested in what is our birthright. What we have allowed to take place in the last 30 years is we just let Satan counterfeit everything, and then we reject the real thing. The, 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 the foolishness of that is akin to we don't carry around $100 bills. Someone wants to give me a $100 bill. No, I'm not going to take it because it, there's counterfeited. Yeah, but this is real. Look, this is real. No, 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 there's counterfeits out there, so I don't want the $100 bill. And while you're at it, don't give me any 20s either. I'm going to live on pennies and nickels. Can't do quarters because quarters are counterfeited with slugs. Because that's the, the spiritual equivalent of what the body of Christ has, has begun to do now. And the result is we're malnutrition. We're, we're, we're malnourished. There's no teaching on intimacy and discipleship. And, and everyone just wants to prophesy things to come. No, no one really cares for the most part. I know I'm using some sweeping generalizations, but, but these are some things that are on Father's heart in this hour. We can't love others because we don't love ourselves. We don't love ourselves because we don't know how much God loves us. So, guys, if, if we're talking about, oh, my goodness, uh, you know, the Nephilim, the presidential administration, uh, the deception in politics, if we're talking about um, the Antichrist, the Catholic Church, the Nephilim, his return, World War III, guys, if we're discussing these things, if we're tuning into these broadcasts and these teachings, these sermons, more than then we're focusing on the health of our relationship and the fear that makes us tick, we've entered into deceitful scheming that we were warned about in Ephesians 4.11. Paul says, guys, as, as dear children of the Lord, desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. As what growth are we experiencing? Growth is not how much we've outwardly been able to control our behavior. Guys, that's legalism. That is the spirit of Pharisee. And I know that is shocking to many of us who feel that we've left the hypocritical Pharisees of the institutional church. Satan does not care where we go. He cares about keeping our minds blinded to who we are. He does not care where we go or how we live or the name calling we call each other. He cares about keeping us from understanding our citizenship and birthright. That season is to end. Father's calling us to know him, to intimacy, and to heal so that we may raise up to the full stature that we may literally be Christ, not in deity. Please hear me. I always, I always <laughs> Jesus said in John 15, you and I are one just as I am the Father are one. I'm referencing that. Okay, we are called to be one in him. We reflect his radiance and glory, just like Stephen gave the smallest glimmer of that as a new covenant believer. Right, Moses did the same thing, but we're not going to go into the day call. We're talking about born-again, spirit-filled believers. We live in the best covenant ever, the new covenant. The Holy Spirit is in us. We can radiate the glory of God, and it just comes through communion. So let's sum this up, guys. It's the season. What is the season we're in? Guys, the season that we are in in the body of Christ across this world, and particularly the United States, is a season to heal and to grow in intimacy. Intimacy is designed as a deep friendship. Can we say we are friends of God? Can we truly say, oh, Jesus Christ, Son of the living God, He's a friend of mine. He's my, he's my friend. We talk, we hang out, we laugh, we cry. He's my friend. 
as soon as I finish talking to you, he and I are going to go back to just walking down the road together or sitting on this chair together. How many of us can say that? We all are given that, that privilege. There's no special anointing that, that allows for that, guys. I am no different than you. The examples that I give on my blog about, I, 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 give, I try to mix teaching and insight. I wrote it, you know, about um, scriptures and topics about our identity, about maturing, and I also sprinkle that in with a ton of just my daily interactions with people. Why? Because I want you to see this is normal Christianity. My identity doesn't come in my gifts or callings. I, I'm not special because I can lay hands on someone and heal them. Right? <laughs> Paul, Peter says, what I have, I give you. Peter had healing. He gave healing. What he really had was the kingdom. He had the love of God so strong, he gave what he had. Jesus said to the disciples, when you go to a house, take your peace and give your peace to that house. If a man of peace is not there, your peace will return to you. Right? We don't need to mince words and get caught up. Oh, you said you healed him. Jesus says, in my name, you will do these things. Right? So, again, let's just, we need to back up. We need to relax. We need to chill. We need to understand who we are as children of God. It was a gift. We didn't earn it. We never could, and we're never going to. But we, but we are holy and blameless. And the more that we embrace that, the more we'll begin to live that way. Holiness will become a byproduct of that intimacy. This is the season the church is in. It will cause pain to come up. These are the lies that Satan wants to keep us continually bound in. We need to begin to repent of those lies. Repent of the inner issues of the heart. Then the outward things take care of themselves, guys. We develop it by taking time with him, confessing his word, listening to his voice, listening to his tender affections. He wants to talk to you about your relationship with him. He is first and foremost interested in you. He died for you. This is what will transform our thinking if we allow it. If our souls will not change, we will never be transformed into his image. We can never walk in holiness, which is oneness of his nature, no matter what we outwardly do, if the Pharisees tried, it doesn't work. It's by the power of the Spirit of God literally changing our being so that his radiance moves from our spirit man, where he lives, out through our soul, our mind, our will, our emotions, our first responses, our quote-unquote natural instincts. Our love, we will begin to see his fingerprint will begin to be, become more and more imprinted upon our hearts, that our inner man is changed, our thinking is changed, and then our body naturally walks out that glory. We started by giving him permission. So uh, praise God that, the, that is this. So we're concluding the Deeper Community Series. It's part one. It's a time and a season to heal and to know him. We're going to be continuing on this over the next couple of months. How do we develop deeper communion? Guys, this message, although it's for everyone, will not be received by everyone. The Lord already made that very clear to me. And to be honest with you, one of the reasons why I, it took me longer to, to come back on the air is I had to work through that, that hurt, that disappointment of Father's heart. Uh, in the same way that, that Jesus says, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how I've longed to gather you under my wings um, but you would not have it. It grieves his heart now. But um, it's foolishness on my part. It's not my place to anticipate, only to continue to lay down my life for the body of Christ and to continue to be a drink offering and to just give you guys the love and the word of God and to encourage you without despair and ceasing to dare to pick up your identity in Christ, to dare to accept what he says about you, so that we would begin to heal, reconcile, come into unity of the faith, and stop throwing stones at one another. So, um, anyway, praise God. We're going to be we're going to be talking about these things, and, and hopefully, um, if this pricks upon your heart, share this message. Share what's going on in this season. This is a word in season, guys. 
It's what Father is doing. And it will remove a lot of the cobwebs and a lot of the, the fear and the distortion and like all of the ooh, just plain weird stuff that's just gone on for a few years now. He just tuned into some weird stuff, wondering when, 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 when. Not the season we're in, guys. Ah, oh, by the way, by the way, guys, uh, pray please that uh, the overturning of Roe versus Wade begins to manifest. The rumblings in the spirit realm have already begun for that. The church needs to pray that forth. We'll talk about that more next week. But there's some good things coming on in the nation. And we're going to continue to talk about those things. So uh, praise God. Dorothy, anything on your end? I thought that was excellent. I think it's we have to mature as a body because we have work to do that requires maturity. Children yeah. cannot disciple other children. I mean, yeah. that's just the way it is. So, yes, we definitely need to mature. And our identity is most important. And I see the Roe v. Wade thing, too, overturning. I am so grateful that that is going to happen. I don't know exactly when, but I know it's going to happen. So, Yeah, we're moving right along the timeline. A couple of years ago, I spoke about some things that would take place depending upon the decisions that the body of Christ made. There were enough people praying for the time of, of grace for us to uh, mature. And we'll talk about more when we get into some prophetic insights of what's going on in 2018 into 19. I do that every year with you guys. I keep a record of that on my blog so you guys can look up under um, Time with the Lord, our prophetic insights, the different, different parts. Um, I keep that there as a record um, because although I am not perfect and because although a lot of the things, guys, uh, we'll talk about this more. But, guys, just for, as a precursor, just as a, to whet your appetite, we've talked about this before, God gives us pictures and he shows us crossroads. And depending upon what the church does, we're meant to pray forth the will of the Father. If we don't pray forth his will because we don't know it or because we're not willing to accept it, then things go, we take, you know, doorway number one, doorway number two, doorway number three. Um, so far, we are still tracking on doorway one with the season of grace that we're in. But that window is not going to be here forever. There's things we need to pick up and begin praying into. We need to begin uh, returning to obedience to pray for our nation and pray for the leaders of our nation because they've been ordained by God, the scriptures say. And um, one of the things that's happening is you're going to continue to see a period where um, the oppression against Christianity is going to lift. The church is meant to begin to step in boldness and to stop being afraid and to begin taking their place as citizens, um, U.S. citizens, that are not afraid to share the gospel in love. Before we can do that, guys, we must first heal and grow up. So this is the season we're in. It's not a season to squander the time. There's a grace in this season. There's a grace and an anointing for us to deal with our hurts and pains under great power and love and healing balm. There is a season of grace and anointing to heal and to mature. There are supernatural impartations and understanding of the mind of Christ that resides in you that he is desiring to release for those that answer this call. It's an exciting time, guys. So anyway, we'll talk about more about this in the next couple of weeks. We're going to continue on part two um, in two weeks on the Deeper Communion series. We're going to get into some uh, hindsights, where we've gone, where we're headed, and how we continue to develop more intimacy and to mature. So until then, brothers and sisters, I am so honored to be back here, to be serving you, to, um, to be fellowshipping in this small way. Um, and God bless you all. And I will see you, see you soon. Hopefully we will meet in two weeks. Dorothy, thank you. God bless. Have a wonderful night. Thank you. You as well. and I'm joined with Dorothy Carruthers. We were hope that you were blessed by this week's broadcast. Again, if this was your first time, please stop by my website at www.dwmurray.com. 
That's D-W-M-U-R-R-Y.com for additional teachings and insights. God bless you, and until next time, please dare to accept the fact that your Heavenly Dad loves you deeply.